breaking the poverty mindset. And the title is Culture Always Wins. I've been studying this for quite some time, and I wish I, I mean, I'm going to continue. Um, I was thinking last night that I really need two weeks, you know, probably could do this for a month because of all the scriptures that open up to you when you recognize the truth about culture. Um, have, I don't know if you've ever, if you've been in this situation, but so many of us, you know, going, oh, there's a scripture, oh, uh, you know, promises this, a promises that, and you take hold of it, you know, and it really never happens, or never comes around the way you think it's going to happen. Now, it may still be out there to come, but a lot of us have had dreams and hopes and how we we're going to be and where we should be right now, and it didn't get there. Now, in this message, it's okay for you to say ouch, because there's going to be a couple of ouches in here. If you're wearing open-toed shoes, you want to pull your toes a little back, because the Holy Spirit is going to be walking down every aisle, stomping on a bunch of y'all's toes. Is that okay? Say ouch. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Wow. There's something in between what I want for me, what I hoped you know, what I dreamed. There's something in between that and how I live. There's something in between. From that dream, that thought, that hope, that claiming of scripture to how I actually live, and it's called culture. Culture is in between those two. We've got to pass through culture. We have to live in a culture that is a good, fertile soil for the seed that God has dropped. Now, there's a difference between culture and traditions. Uh, culture is um, where you live, how, what you think, and we're, we're going to go through the definition. Uh, here's what a tradition is. A tradition is, uh, my family now, we celebrate Boxing Day. How many celebrate Boxing Day? Uh, we had more in the first service. Boxing Day, because we have, you know, we have Peter, who's from Scotland. We've got my sister-in-law. My family's from Wales. And so now there's Christmas, where you have the big Christmas meal, and a lot of times it's at my house. And then the next day, it's really a, a, like a British tradition. It's Boxing Day. That's where all the servants who had to work on Christmas get all the leftovers from their rich masters, they put it in boxes, and they take it to Monday. They get off, and they take it home to their house. So we have Christmas at my house, and then we'll have Boxing Day at someone else's house. And that's Boxing Day. So it's really two Christmases in a row, okay? How many want to do Boxing Day? <laughs> that's a tradition. And that's different from culture. Tradition is something that I choose to do, it's enjoyable, and it, it doesn't speak to me. It doesn't constantly teach me. It doesn't add to my prejudices and biases that are in my life like culture does. So many of us, and, and even I have to, I, I discover that I still have culture in me from how I was born. You were born into a culture. 
You didn't pick it. No one said that this is right or wrong. You were born and taught silently by seeing what your parents did, what was allowed, what wasn't allowed. It's that is culture. What you think is normal. What happens if your normal's not normal? You grow up the rest of your life in that culture carrying these prejudices and biases, shortcomings. It's okay to do this. It's, how many people have heard, heard yourself or someone else excuse your actions because, well, that's my culture? That's not an excuse, but somehow we think it is. When something flat out comes up against, you know, you know you're, you're in sin, you're doing something wrong, and you're confronted either by the Holy Spirit or someone that you know, your family, and they go, you know that's wrong, and your answer is, but that's just my culture. You're destined for a poverty spirit because you're giving yourself excuses not to perform at a higher level. It is. It's an excuse. That's where a poverty spirit can come from. You're excusing yourself for wrong behavior, poor performance. It's my culture. Your culture sucks. <laughs> There's good things in your culture. You know what the good things are in your culture are? The things that match with God's culture. There are things in God's culture that's in your culture. But then there's the other stuff. And a culture could just be the way your family was raised and thinks and believes. Usually when I say, oh, culture, people going, oh, he's talking about being white, black, Latino, Asian, Filipino, you know. No. Culture starts in your home. What your parents allowed, and you know what? They may never have taught you, but culture was teaching you. Seeing how they lived, what their expectations were for you, what, you know, how they failed, how they excused themselves. It was speaking to you without speaking. It was a constant teacher that was teaching without teaching. And you grow up thinking, that your behavior is acceptable. And you never break that spirit that came upon you that you believe was okay because that's how you were raised. That's how all our people think. My mother was born in the islands and when she left Key West, her dad at Bahamas and... Uh, that was exotic life when he, my dad married her. He wanted to move the islands. And my mother said, no, they're all thieves and liars. And who's, in, who's from the islands? Is that true? Island life, uh, island life is scraped to make it. It is just scraped to make it. When people live in the islands of the Caribbean, and, and, and wonderful people, but their culture excuses lying and cheating. That's a culture. It, it justifies. Well, and it's not just that. You know, you can be a culture of being retired. You ever talk to somebody who's retired? That's all they talk about. You go to get a McDonald's going, well, you know, I, can't, I don't want to spend too much. I'm on a fixed income. You know, it's like you live in a 
a quarter of a million dollar home. You can't go, you know, you got to eat at 4.30 to get the blue plate special. You know, that, that culture is dictating how they live. You're childless. You only really around childless people. You're single. You're only around single people. You're married. All you want to be around married people. You know, you, 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 people make the excuse, well, you know, I have a two-year-old. Well, that's, that's a real excuse. Um, <laughs> so, but it, it doesn't matter what you, it's a culture, it's not a color. It's not where you're from, it's not your accent. I know Pete would say that when he went to India, you knew immediately other Christians. When I go to the Ukraine or in Peru, I can be, be there with somebody who doesn't even speak the language, but we have an interpreter, and I would tell them, and they would tell me, it says, you're like my brother. You know me better than I know myself. Why? Because we live in the same culture, the Jesus culture. Now, the Bible <laughs> has a lot to say. You know, when, when, when it talks about throwing, Jesus going, listen, Throw seed, good seed on the ground. He goes, the seed that falls on the rock doesn't do much. Seed that falls in rich soil. You know what that rich soil is? Culture. When it lands into a culture that can be cultivated. So do we have promises that don't get filled? Do we have dreams and hopes like that? It might have been culture that killed it. That it wasn't a fertile place. Wow. I always like people going, you know, <clears throat> so you're saying that God wants you, us to be colorblind. No. If I say, I, oh, well, I'm colorblind, I'm, I can do something that God can't see. God, God can see what color you are. He made you. We're not talking about color. We're not talking about age. We're talking about, you know, I believe that a 60-year-old can relate to a 12-year-old because of the culture. Because of the culture. So, oh, I'm kind of glad that uh, we don't have a service after this because I was struggling to get it all in the first service. Yeah, and then let me say about traditions. How do you do, you know, everyone has a tradition of how they do birthday. That's not culture. That's a tradition. I mean, we've changed some tradition. We used to have birthday. Now with Sarah, it's birth week. <laughs> well, it's my birth week. What do I get today? Surprise me, you know. So, And we have a tradition like... So don't mis mistake traditions with culture. A tradition doesn't speak to me. It doesn't always talk. You know, a birthday comes around once a year, and we celebrate it the way that we celebrate it. It's amazing that you even know. I can tell what culture you're from by the way you talk. I can tell what culture you might be in because of the way you dress. Speaks of your culture. I have a good idea where you are, you know, if... If it's Christmas time and, I, and they come up and they're going, oh, happy holidays, lovely holiday tree. Do you think they've ever stepped into a church? <laughs> you know, if the way you dress, if you have to, to keep your pants on, I know what culture you live in. You know, if seven days a week you're in Camouflage. I know what culture you're in. 
If you've done your seat covers and camouflage, I know what culture you're in. Not, you're not just dressed that way. Your truck's dressed that way. And culture is powerful. Culture always wins. Here's what culture is. It's basically a set of shared values that a group of people, a household, such values affect how you think, act, and more importantly, the kind of criteria by which you judge your actions and others' actions. If ever you've had people say, man, that was just wrong. And you go, no, it's not. And everyone says, yes, that's wrong. You go, no, it's not. What are you defending? Culture. Because you don't know that it's wrong because of your culture. Because of your culture. Culture wins. Can you see God throwing his seeds and blessing and giving you promises and you try to apply it to that culture? Don't work that way. Wow. If culture... If it's culture that forms your thoughts and actions, your morals comes from the environment you're raised in and without something to be the counter to that. Let me give you something that 75% of college students to go to a four-year, Christians that go to a four-year secular college, four years. You figure you're going there at 18, 17, 18, and you're going to spend the next four years. That's a portion of your entire life. Four years at a secular college, 75% of the Christians that left renounced their faith before they finish. Here's something else. If you send your child off to a Christian college, 50% renounce their faith. How can that be? Then we sent them to a Christian college. Did you send them to a Christian college that says they're Christians, that taught, teaches what the, the, the Bible says and that, oh, the whole concept, Jesus died for us in? But does it have a Christian culture? Most of the Christian colleges that I'm aware of and people that have gone there say there is no Christian culture. You have to seek out. You have to go to a church to find the culture because it's not there at the college. Culture wins. Culture wins. If you remain in a culture that is about pleasing your flesh and what feels good to you, culture wins. The only chance you have to, to fight against it is to get into another culture. Okay. Well, Every culture has its rules, it has its biases, it has this imprinting that starts at a very incredible early age. That's where prejudice come from. All kinds of, uh, and when I say a prejudice, I don't just mean bigotry, but a prejudice is something that you prejudge, you know, without experiencing or without researching, you know, and sometimes a prejudice is good, you know. I'm not going to climb that steep cliff there. Because I'm going to prejudge that I could slip and die. Okay, so just because I say prejudice, it doesn't mean I can prejudge a situation. But we're talking about prejudice when it's against other people, other things, other professions, other uh, people types. You were taught that. 
without anyone speaking to you. It was your culture. Culture is mostly a silent language, a silent teacher, a constant mentor in your life, and you never hear it. Very seldom do you hear it. It's the spirit that you live in. Well, every culture has these biases. And let me tell you, the only way to deal with it is you need to reject your culture and accept a new one. Your old culture's knowledge and anxieties. It's amazing. I, I come across kids who are like afraid of every bug and you know, like love bugs. Ah! I'm going, it's a love bug. What's wrong? Even the word is love. You know, it's like, why are you screaming? It's love bugs. And they just, ah! Get their parents around a love bug. Ah! <laughs> it's like, where did they learn that? A lot of times it's culture without a spoken word. Well, when you have those scriptures that tell you this, says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. A new creation gets a new culture. You don't, say, you don't take a new creation and stick it in the old culture. What happens when you get a new baby at your house? Do you put it in the old bedroom? What happens to that bedroom? We paint it. Do we keep the old furniture? No. We get new furniture. How about that carpet? New carpeting. We create a whole new atmosphere for that new creation. God said, if you be in Christ, you're a new creation, which means you need a new culture. You're not trapped. The only way to get out of that culture is to be born into another one. You gotta be born into it. You gotta be made new. Or else every time you get a promise of God, it's gonna get thrown on hard soil because it's gotta fit in your culture. Or you might start walking the truth of it and then you fall short instead of asking God to forgive you, instead of admitting you did something wrong, you make the excuse that that's just way I was raised. It's my culture. There's no room for repentance. There's no room for instruction. There's no room for increase. When you have a culture, you can blame it on. You're saying that my culture has more authority than the word of God. My culture has given me an excuse for failing the vows I made to God. Something wrong. And, and it points to me, though, so many things in my life where I think the seeds haven't grown where I thought. I had the promises that I claimed because I tried to claim them and produce them in the culture that I'm comfortable in. Giving me the ability to pull the parachute cord and you know, land, land softly when I screw up instead of repent and change. Admit I was wrong. Ask for forgiveness. Culture gives you that parachute. It's like, oh, I know God didn't want to do this. It's just the way I was raised. 
Anyone want to say ouch yet? I'll give you a question. Has the Christ in you changed the culture in you? Christ in me. Come fix my culture. He didn't want you to, he didn't want to fix your culture. He came for you and you to renounce your culture and take on a Jesus culture. In fact, this is the easiest way to do it. You know, there's some things that are just we don't want to give up. And we can, they're not wrong in our minds because we were born into that. It's not wrong in our minds because I was born into it. This is how we've been taught. But if I've accepted Jesus and all of a sudden my culture collides with the Jesus culture, you know which one I want? I want my culture. I want the parachute. Even though this is what I want, this is what I do. When the stuff in my culture crosses the Jesus culture, you know what? Not that I had any, I've never had one, but if I had, uh, you know, and God bless you, I was just going to offend some of you and I don't care. Well, I kind of care. Eh, no, I don't care. I kind of care. I do care. I just don't respect your opinion. Uh, <laughs> but if I had a rebel flag, it's gone. It's gone. And there may not be anything wrong with that, you know, you know like well, in my culture, but it's just who I am. You know what? The Bible says that if I eat meat and offend someone, you know what it says? Don't order any more meat. Stop eating it. Don't eat it. So you can sit there going, it's my culture. That's what I think of it. Your culture. What about the Jesus culture? It says, don't offend a brother in hopes of winning. Come on. I've got rights. In your culture, you might. Who can say, ouch? Pulled his toes in. I'm going to step some more. And it's not me. I blame the Bible. <laughs> get mad at the Bible. Don't get mad at me. <laughs> All right. I've had too much fun. We got to go on. Do you know Jesus tells us to pray for culture, the God culture? The disciples going, Jesus, teach us how to pray. What is the most important thing we can pray for? He goes, I got this, guys. All right, listen. Start with our Father. And you can say it with me, but let's stop right there, our Father. Our Father, that makes us what? Family. And he tells us who that Father is. It's not our Father, you know, the Father of lies. He goes, our Father who art in hallowed, holy is your name. Okay, we're family, and we're praying to that father. Makes us family. Your, what's in a kingdom? Culture. That's what a kingdom is. It's culture. 
Pray for that little girl that got married yesterday because she married a whole lot of culture that she's not used to. <laughs> when they married he uh, Prince Henry, oh gosh. <laughs> Our Father, who art in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. If it's his kingdom, whose will is it? Your will be done in my house as it is in heaven. And let me just, just let me put that again. How should we pray, Jesus? Pray that you live in my Father's kingdom. That his kingdom is going to be seen in your home. And his kingdom means his culture. And when something slaps up against it, you like it or not like it, you choose the, his kingdom over your culture. Wow. So, oh, let's just go to the scriptures. I like when the promises come. The promises of God are incredible. You know, they're not needy. They're like, you know, greater is he that is in you than he's in the world. Look at John 15, 19. If, now I changed the word culture here. I, I changed the word world. Where you see culture, it said world. But culture is really what it's talking about. It said, if you were of this culture, this culture would love you as its own. Do you know what? We all want to be accepted. Why, why do we accept a culture? It's because we choose a culture because that a culture accepts us. Come on, some of you, you know, you, you didn't make good grades in school, so you found another cult, uh, culture. You became a surfer. Uh, you you uh, hung out with the guys who smoked dope. You, uh, <laughs> uh, then he went after really skateboarders. Uh, you, you rollerblade, no. Um, you know, and then the smart kids kind of, you know why they, they, did, they did that? It's because they want to be accepted, and they accept that culture because that culture accepts them. Make sense? Well, that's what the Bible says. Is, is if you were of this culture, this culture would love you as its own. Unfortunately, there's a bunch of us in here that still want to be loved by this culture. But because you are not of this culture, but I chose you, What? Come out. Come out. He chose us to come out of this thing that has actually has captured us. But I chose you out of this culture. Therefore, the culture hates you. Does the culture hate you? I can honestly say there's people that I preach to in this church who hate me. Not for long, because they left. <laughs> because of their culture. Because of their culture. Romans 12, a changed world again. Do not be conformed to this culture, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Change your culture. You know what? You've got to change it in your mind. I don't know if uh, back in the day when I played football, uh, you could slap people on the helmet uh, if you're on defense. And wherever your head goes, the body follows. 
You can't, you can't slap them anymore. We used to slap them right on the ear. Boy, I tell you, it'll rock your world to get slapped right on the ear. Like, boom! But your head goes this way, 300 pounds is following it. I love going against big linemen, offensive linemen, because, man, they followed their head every time. And I had one good move. <laughs> Bible saying the same thing where your head goes the rest of you follow so that you and get this when you change your mind you will know what God wants and will agree that what he wants is good how can you agree that what he you're going to understand what he wants you know why because you're in his culture People going, I don't know what God wants of me. Or I think he's telling me to do this, but I don't know why. Get in the culture, you'll understand. There's only one way I can understand the Japanese culture. Get in it. There's only one way I can understand this culture. Get in it. And it's saying the same thing here. You know what? You want to know what God wants for you and you understand why? Get in the culture. (laughs) What is good, satisfying, and able to succeed? Well, we've got to stop trying to get Jesus to come save our old culture. He says, leave it. It won't work. The Apostle Paul is talking about winning people to the Lord. So though we've read this many times, hopefully you have, I'm going to put, I'm going to explain it for the first, I mean, this, this came to me, um, actually, I, I added this, this morning, um, because in the middle of the night, the Lord woke me up and said, right there, there it was. For though I am free from all men, Paul is saying, I'm just going to get ahead of it, Paul is saying, I'm free from all culture. I'm not affected by it, and I'm going to, he's going to prove it to us. For though I am free from all men, all culture, I have made myself a slave to culture. For what reason? So that I may win more. To the Jew, I became a Jew. You can smile. You say, like, I never saw it that way. All you old church people that have been here forever, went to Sunday school. God just showed that to me. He goes... I am free from culture, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to become a slave to it so I can talk to those Jews who are under the law. Though I'm not under the law, I'm going to put myself under the law so I can talk to them so I can get them out of their culture and into the Jesus culture. Wow. So I might win Jews to those who are under the law as under the law, though not being myself under the law so that I might win those who are under the law. I got to understand their culture. I got to talk the way they talk, but not to stay there. To those who are without law, that's the Jews, the Ro- I mean, the, the Greeks and the Romans, to those who are without the law, as without law, though not being without the law, because I still have the law of God, but under the law of Christ. So that I might win those who are without law. And look at that. He goes, to the weak, I become weak. That I might win the weak. 
I have become all things to all men so that I may be all means saved. So by all means, by all means, I will, I am free from every culture except for Christ's culture. He said, but to win them, I'm going to speak their language and I'm going to put myself in their situation so I can show them the way out. It's when they accept the Lord, they're going to be able to reject their culture and accept the Jesus culture. You want to throw seeds? You have to have the culture to throw it. Your dreams, your thoughts, your hopes are here. Where you live is here. Cultures in between. What culture do you live in? What excuses have we been making for ourselves? It, it should be obvious that some of us today know exactly that we've used culture to give us the parachute so we land softly. It gives us an excuse so we don't have to repent or go back and ask for forgiveness or make restitution. Some of us today have got prejudices against, you know, this or that. I, I, in Peru... In Peru, they have one week. I go to Peru a lot. And they have one week. One week I was there, and I could tell something was different. I said, what was different? And they said, oh, this is a, a, a week holiday that we have. I said, what, what's that holiday? And it said, it's the promptness holiday. I go, what's promptness holiday? They go, that's when you say you're going to be there at 6 o'clock, you get there at 6 o'clock. Because their culture allows something different to happen. And I'm telling you, I went to Carla and, and Sergio's wedding. It's at this grand place, huge hotel, huge. So, I wanna, so the wedding's at 7. What time do I get there? 6.30. Thank you very much. First service at 7. Going, wrong! It's a wedding! <laughs> like, you get there at 6.30, and plus, you know, the, the catching the cab and my Spanglish, and, and so we get there, and I don't see anybody. So I go to the, the, the counter, and I go, excuse me, the Hornin Strombeck wedding, and they go, oh, in the ballroom right over there. Chris and I walk in. There's not a chair set up, not a table. Curtains are like, oh, no. They forgot to set up the room. I go back to, I go back to the counter. I go, do you all need some help? The wedding is in 30 minutes. And the guy looked at me like I was nuts. He goes, sir, what time was the wedding scheduled? I said, 7 o'clock. said, it will start promptly at 9. <laughs> Prompt week is a, <laughs> it's a special case. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but y'all say this about the church down there? The churches, when they have services, if it says 8 o'clock, what time does it start? 8 o'clock. And if you're late, they don't let you in. You've got to wait till the next service at, I think, 9.30. Why? Aren't they Peruvian? Oh, yeah. But what's their culture? Jesus' culture. If I'm going to put something in print, this is when it starts. That's the way it is because this is how you, I'm going to introduce God's word to you is in the print. And that's my culture. You're a man of your word. 
woman of your word. You're not late. If anything, you're early. You're saying, when you, when you come someplace late and you're just habitual late, you're saying your time's more important than their time that they're giving to you. That's not Jesus' culture. How many of us know today we have used our culture? It's that parachute to have a soft landing when we fail the standard that God has for us. Instead of accepting that Jesus loves me in my failure, I, need to, I ask for forgiveness and he forgives me and receives me. Instead of doing that, I blame my culture. And that's supposed to get, get me off the hook. That's why those promises that I throw in my life don't ever grow. Don't become what they're supposed to be. Because it's the wrong culture.